Welcome to the Lads NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. With your hosts, Joel Bunkle and Cora Beeland. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Lads Fantasy Football Podcast. As you know, this is your place to get all of your fantasy football news and analysis if, of course, you, like us, live in Australia. So I'm Cora Beeland. You might be surprised that the intro isn't being done by Joel this week, but that is because him and half of our fantasy league are currently overseas for his brother's Bucks party. Um, well, we might ask a few more questions about that later on, but um, I am happy to announce that we are joined this week by the effervescent Mark Wengritsky tonight. Mark. How are you? Welcome to the show. Carl, thanks. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. I'm a huge fan, so uh, an honor to uh, step in for Joel. Hopefully I can do a good enough job. And uh, I'm wondering what's happening in Thailand. A few happy endings or, uh, yeah, a few too many bin towels or whatever they're called. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see how they're going. Yeah, not a lot of teams this week that had happy endings, um, including my Chiefs. But uh, we'll come back to that later. Don't worry. Um, but hey, what do you think? Um, there were some pretty big games this week. Uh, let's start with the Jets over the Cowboys. What happened there? That was unexpected. The Jets are supposed to suck. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't see that coming. They only got four touchdowns, and then they get 26 points against the Cowboys, so that defense starting to crack, and uh, Garrett's putting a lot of pressure. He's got a lot of pressure on from the media, so who knows what's going to happen. Hey, could the Cowboys just slide down? I think that was um, a shock to me. I think Joel had mentioned in a previous episode that the Jets were the only team that had scored fewer points than the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, more on the Dolphins to come. But, um, <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? That is pretty bad. Uh, the second game of the week we want to talk about was um, an unfortunate one for me being a Chiefs supporter. Um, but the Texans were able to pull off a win. Um, it was still a fun game to watch. Deshaun Watson came out gunslinging. Um, and as we've mentioned before, he... Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are most certainly cementing themselves as the future QBs of the NFL, that's for sure. Do you reckon the, uh, the past to Super Bowl glory is through Houston? or I don't know if I'd say that yet. They still have a bit to prove, but um, I don't know. That offense is looking pretty strong at the moment. Uh, and, hey, I mean, it's hard to say, though, because they were playing a pretty mediocre or even poor Chiefs defense. So who knows? Um, how about another one here? A pretty big shocker. Uh, another team who hasn't been performing extremely well this season, the Redskins, actually got a win. Congrats to them. But who are they playing? The Dolphins. The lonely old Dolphins. Can't even beat Redskins. So, Yeah, don't even need to add anything else there, I think. Um, pretty straightforward why that would happen. Uh, and then last, we've got um, the 49ers. They've been the surprise leading team so far, besides the Patriots. Um, they were still undefeated. They took down the Rams this week. What were your thoughts on that one, Mark? Uh, it's killing me. Uh, I know a lot of uh, Bay Area people, and they're also cocky with their Silicon Valley and all the cash and real America, blah, blah, blah. So to see the 49ers win again is an absolute killer. But look, they're playing well. They've got a good D-line. they got, you know, Sherman's talking trash. They're, uh, they're running the ball well, so they've got their schemes going. So Shanahan's pretty happy. So, yeah, it's a happy team in... Uh, Old sunny uh, San Francisco. <laughs> Sometimes sunny. A little foggy at times, too. But anyways, we'll see how the rest of the season unfolds for them. But they're looking like the team to beat. Well, lads and ladies, once again, we have a blockbuster show ahead for you tonight. We'll, as usual, cover the news, 
I have a new segment of Grinners and Sinners reviewing the performance from the last week. Uh, we'll also take a look at the trading block and naturally mark, of course, our weekly look at the waiver wire. Are you ready to kick off the news? I am, but just uh, quickly, I'm hoping that the guys in Thailand can send through who their Grinners and Sinners are for the Bucks party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would definitely be some highlights of the news, that's for sure. Uh, anyways, let's move on to it. Headlines and news. All right, Corb, let's uh, get into the news of the week and look what's been trending. So uh, why don't we start off with uh, the Vikings? Looks like Diggs is back and happy in that cold old city. Uh, pretty big game, I think at 42 points. So he almost uh, topped the total of all his weeks, which was pretty impressive. And uh, I was pretty lucky to be playing the uh, QB from Rams with uh, Jared Goff. When I looked at the uh, fantasy update, he was on point seven at four, the fourth quarter. So uh, glad that the 49ers are just sacking and stripping everyone who they can get their hands on. Good result. Yeah, that's, re- that's a pretty ridiculous result. Um, crazy to see that the 49ers could do that to such a high-powered Rams offense. Um, another big headline we've got is, of course, there's a toss-up between the Chargers, who um, were completely out of their game. Um, the scoreline kind of looked better than it actually was. Uh, they didn't really have a chance. The Titans also didn't put up many points this week um, in their game against the Broncos of all teams, so that was a bit of a shocker. Um, they they haven't been the most outstanding offense, but to put up zero points is pretty tough in the top league in the in the land, as they say. I've actually got a really good friend, Stewie, and he has given up his Titans membership. He's burned the uh, burned the top, so once they got rid of Mar- Mariota, he just said no more. So uh, not only are the Titans sucking on the offense, but they're also losing their fans. Right, they're, they're flip-flopping. They're losing all of their hope in their players. Um, hopefully they can turn it around. What else have we got? Well, how about the Pope? He's clearly the best on this week when he uh, accidentally tagged the New Orleans Saints in one of his tweets. So uh, didn't really give them much hope, but it did help them get over the line against the Jags in a low-scoring game. And then, uh, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater passed to Jared Cook, parting the defense at the end. So uh, good result over there. Love that, parting the defense. Um, well, that's those are the main headlines so far this week. Um, we also have bit of a, an injury update for everyone. I know you need to be watching it closely as this affects a lot of rosters across the fantasy world. Um, the, one of the big ones from this week was Amari Cooper, who went down with a quad injury in the first quarter of that game against the Jets. Um, we're not sure when he'll be back. Haven't seen any updates, um, but it's looking like Michael Gallup and Tavon Austin will be the ones who would benefit. Um, so if you've got them on your squad, might be worth uh, a streaming start next week. Especially with a Thursday game against Philadelphia. so uh, Right, yeah, the quick turnaround definitely might mean Amari Cooper is likely to be out for this next week. Um, another big one, a shocker who might be out for the season, is another one of those rookie tight ends, uh, Will Disley, tight end for the Seahawks. You know, he's been a preferred weapon of Russ Wilson of late and has been kind of a surprise star out of the Seahawks. But yeah, he might be out for the year with the Achilles. You hate to see that. Yeah, Hart goes out for that one. You know, he did his knee last year as well. Missed the whole year and looked promising and then does it again. So, uh, yeah, it's terrible news, but the Seahawks are flying. So I'm sure Russ will just find another weapon. Um, Some others to keep your eye on. Emmanuel Sanders did his knee. And then one that uh, I'll be watching very closely is James Conner. He can never finish a game. Yeah, you hate to see that, right? He had his big year and the team put their faith in him. They let their running back go and um, now it's... 
it's not looking good for his health, but hey, that's just the story of running backs, I feel. Um, another one uh, to cover is the list of inactives from previous injuries, guys to keep an eye on who might be coming back relatively soon. Um, for a few of these guys, it's not looking great. First one is Todd Gurley. He's missed another week. Um, he's been pretty injury prone this year, so we're hoping the best for him, but um, you never know. Another one, Hollywood Brown, who's still out, um, and Deshaun Jackson. He's a guy who I've got on my squad, but his abdomen injury has turned into quite the extensive time off. Um, so we'll just have to see. You've got to love that name, Hollywood, don't you? Hollywood Brown. And he's got the, uh, the big thing on his teeth as well. So, yeah, good on him. But Deshaun apparently is coming back this week. So Yeah, that would be good to see. Um, the, that Eagles offense could definitely use him. That's for sure. All right, everyone, that wraps up the news for this week. Let's move on to Grinners and Sinners. Grinners and Sinners. All right, let's get right to it. We're jumping into the Grinners and Sinners, where we look at some of the best performances of the weeks from individual players. And we'll look at also some of the worst, the guys who let their team down. Um, So let's start it off with the top with our Grinners. Who is the top scorer of the week this week, Mark? Yeah, so we had Stefan Diggs, uh, who got the top score uh, of 40. And obviously, there's three TD catches, so he went off, uh, went nuts. And then um, we also had Deshaun Watson, had so QBs. We had Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson. So it looks like we got a few, uh, few there that could win the uh, MVP with Russell Wilson, uh, Lamar Jackson, and who knows, Deshaun Watson, if he gets on fire and they keep playing like this, it's, uh, it's going to be a good, good ending for him. Let's jump back up to the Stephon Dix with three touchdowns. That was a big shocker. We mentioned him earlier in the show. But um, do you think this is something we should be expecting from Stephon moving forward? Or what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I think Minnesota, have, uh, they put all their money into Cousins, the team won the throw. You know, they put the offensive line, they went and drafted a new center. So I think they're, um, yeah, they're going to definitely start throwing more to Diggs and uh, Thielen. Well, I hope so. I hope Thielen's on the other end of a few of those passes. Yeah, it's a big 180 for the approach for the team. Um, they were a running heavy offense to start the year. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can show off their throwing strengths too. I'm pretty impressed with Sean Watson. So they've definitely been running the ball well. You know, Hyde's been a pretty solid player throughout the year and got 100 yards on the weekend. And then you've obviously got Deshaun who threw five TDs last week and he got a TD today, but then also ran for two. So, you know, he's showing he can do it all. Yeah, running for two is probably the most interesting one. I think for the few of these athletic quarterbacks who are known for their running skills, Deshaun was one who hadn't really shown that off so far to start the season. Um, So it was awesome. Well, not for me as a Chiefs supporter, but good for Deshaun Watson owners to see him run for two, which is one of the big reasons why he's such a weapon. And uh, what about some other ones? We obviously had Kyle Murray, Kirk Cousins um, that did really well as well, keeping on that QB theme. I think Kirk Cousins was only played in 30% of fantasy leagues. So do you recommend picking him up or what do you think about him? Yeah, you know, we might come back to him a little later on the wire, waiver wire section if he's available in your league. Um, but it's looking like, as we mentioned, the Vikings might be changing their offensive tactics. And if that means that Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball more, then you might want him on your team. But the guy I've really been impressed with and really liked was Kyler Murray. He started off the season, you know, as steady but mediocre. But in his last few weeks, he's really turned it on. He had, This last week he had 28.8 points. 
27 out of 37 passing for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. You'd love to see that. And he actually had 32 yards rushing as well, which is nice. He's uh, small. He's a pocket rocket. He's fast. But uh, looks like that gamble at taking you number one might pay off, hey? Yeah, definitely. I've got him in my second fantasy league, so I hope he keeps it up. Um, another one that was a big performance, but we also mentioned him earlier on the injury list, was James Conner. He went off as well for over 27 points, um, but it was mostly on, on touchdowns. So he, he had two catch, one catching touchdown and one rushing touchdown, but other than that, it wasn't a totally spectacular performance, uh, but it just, shows, it just shows you that those touchdowns really add up. Yeah, man, it's just, I've got him on my team, and just compared to last year, he just, he was running, I think he was averaging, you know, almost 100 yards, it seemed like every week he was just crushing teams, and this week, you know, only 41 yards on the rush, and I think their third uh, running back, Snell Jr., came out, and he got, you know, more yards than James Conner, so I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, he's not doing too well, but it's good to see that the Browns, Nick Chubb, you know, he's keeping it up, he's doing really well. He's dominated again, 122 yards, two TDs, and still getting those catches as well. So what do you think could be the only high hope in uh, Cleveland? Well, he's definitely earned his round one draft spot, I think. I believe Ben took him in our league, didn't he? Yeah, late in the first. Yeah, unfortunately, Chubb, was, he contributed to my downfall this week against him. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to have some positives coming out of Cleveland, right? It's been a r- bit of a rough start for them this year. I'm a uh, New York Giants fan, so screw uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm loving all this karma. It is the best thing that's happened. You know, he's so arrogant and cocky, and now he just can't, you know, I think he's got 11 or 12 picks. And I can remember his arrogance from his college days at Oklahoma. It's just, some things just don't change, right? Yeah. It's, it's always fun to see a team that's hyped kind of flop on their face, and if it had to be one, might as well be the Browns. <laughs> they are curse, aren't they? Uh, last one I've got on our list is Hunter Henry, who came away with 26 points as at the tight end position. You know, only nine targets, but for eight catches and 100 yards and two touchdowns. That's huge. Um, we know it, a few of it came late because the Chargers made a slight comeback in the last quarter or so. So they were passing the ball for the majority. But, um, hey, the tight end position is pretty thin. So... Hunter Henry's looking like he might be a decent option. And I reckon that's the biggest surprise of the week to me, actually. You know, he was pretty hyped two years ago. I think people taking him early. You know, he had a good um, rookie season, and then he got, obviously did the knee. But uh, I think, yeah, for him to come out like that, get the two Ds, two TDs, and show his athleticism, it shows that, uh, you know, he is all the hype and could be good to pick up, that's for sure. Yeah, maybe worth uh, a trade option for people looking to pick up a tight end. Um, it, let's... Let's go back here. So were there any of these that were other surprises? Obviously, Hunter Henry was a big surprise. The only other one for me would be Kirk Cousins. Um, if you're looking at his previous stats, we mentioned how that offense has taken a big 180 in their approach. Um, but it might not be so much of a surprise moving forward if they continue that way. I think uh, Matt Ryan as well. You know, they, for how bad they're flopping and Devontae Freeman can't do much on the ground. If you read everything, you wouldn't think that he's you know, doing 356 yards and four TDs. Um, so it's pretty surprising as well. Well, in the last few years, if there's anything certain, it's that Matty Ice will do well in fantasy <laughs> as a quarterback. You've got a bit of a crush on Matty Ice. I've picked that up on the podcast. No, he's always consistent, but people look, look they overlook him too quickly. All right, well, those are our grinners for the week. I'm definitely grinning about a lot of those performances, but um, let's move on to our sinners. So 
there definitely were some guys who uh, didn't live up to the hype and had some pretty poor performances this week. Um, the first one I'm seeing is Derek Henry with just 3.8 points on 28 yards. Um, and then Vance McDonald at tight end with just one point and only five yards and one reception. He's awful, Vance. I played him in multiple leagues. I feel like I'm always playing him, and he never gets any points. That Steelers offense, it's just falling apart. I've got <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster in, in one of my leagues as well, and he's been an absolute flop. Yeah. I think Tough the, to see. The Pope was looking after me, and I traded him off, so uh, that was quite lucky. <laughs> um, another, another poor one. He's had a rough start to the season. Joe Mixon. This guy is meant to be a number one running back. We're going to get more into detail about him later on. Um, but he only had five points on the week, 10 yards rushing, 29 yards receiving. Shocking. And then uh, Cooper Cup, Cup. He's obviously had a pretty good year, good uh, comeback year, but only 3.7. So that Rams offense just couldn't get going, could it? So, uh, no, 49ers shut them down. That's terrible. And then Keenan Allen, you know, another one who's had a good year. I think we're pretty critical of him being taken early in the second, but, you know, he's lived up to the, to the hype and to that range. So he got 4.3, which was bad. And then someone who you're probably glad to see down because it means that Gordon's getting the touches was Austin Eckler. What do you think about that, 4.3? Yeah, interesting to see. You know, we mentioned the Chargers didn't put up a great performance in that game. They weren't running the ball much because they were down most of it. But... um you know, I own Austin Eckler in my other league, so it's a bit of a, a split <laughs> split decision for me. But I don't know. It's looking like Melvin Gordon's going to come back strong and take back a lot of his touches. And um, Are you worried? If you have Eckler, do you try and trade him while he's on the high and talk him up, or what do you do? Well, I think overall you're gambling on the fact about whether the Chargers can jumpstart their offense. Um, if the Chargers can get rolling, then both players have value. But if they don't, see much improvement in the next couple games he might be a guy worth dealing that's for sure and then another one who's always been a good fantasy contributor the last couple of years but uh that Bengals offense is uh terrible is tyler boyd 2.5 so uh only 10 yards and three receptions so another bad game for the Bengals. and you know dalton there's just there's nothing happening over there is there no there's not a lot of good news coming out of cincinnati that's for sure I think it's the second game in a row they didn't have a TD going into the fourth quarter. So if you've got one of their offensive players, it's not looking good for you to get a TD there because they just can't move those chains. Well, were there any major surprises out of this list? You know, sometimes with wide receivers, I can accept a down week. Maybe they got shut down by a top corner. But um, I don't know, anyone here that was a bit of a shocker for you? Uh, in my reading, you know, I think Derrick Henry is obviously a surprise, but you're going to give him the week off. It's the first time he hasn't got double digits for the whole season, so I think he's been a pretty good pickup. And, you know, he's got a lot of uh, after contact. You know, everyone loads the box against him, so he's a big boy and he's doing well. So, you know, it's a bit of a surprise, but I'll let him off for sure. Same as Cooper Cup, you know, he's had a great year, so, you know, surprised to see him on that list, but you let him go. And I think Austin Eckler will be keen to see what happens there if he really fizzles out and becomes a top sinner or if he can uh, pick up his game and you know start to get some points on the receiving especially yeah I think the biggest shock for me is probably Joe Mixon not just this week but his entire start to the season so far let's dive into him a little bit further in our next segment the trading block the trading block all right, let's look at the trading block. So this week, we're going to look at who's got trade value, uh, what players you could possibly trade. And as always, we encourage owners to get out there and trade, especially now, you know, people are three and three or two and four. 
you know, finals is uh, coming up quick. So only seven weeks before finals start. So make sure you make your play now because fortune favors the brave. True. That's part of our motto here on the Lads Fantasy Football Podcast. So um, let's dive in. Let's see who are our thoughts around who might be traded. We don't have any particular trade requests from any of our listeners this week. But um, we've picked out a couple players that we think are worth discussing and who may have some value for your team. So let's start with number one. We've got Joe Mixon. We mentioned him a couple times earlier on the day. But um, he's an interesting one, right? He was meant to be an RB1. So what happened? Um, he was taken in round two, three of most drafts. What, what's, what's going wrong? What's up, Mark? He actually had a lot of hype as well. I remember seeing him in the preseason drafts. A lot of people had him going high, and they, you know he's the man there. He's got no one to take the ball off him, so it's a good um, situational play as a fantasy. You know, you think he's going to get the goal line carries as well, and then he just comes in and he's a bust. He's a big fat bust. So, I mean, what's his fantasy points? We've got two point seven, four point two, sixteen point four. He's only hit double digits uh, twice, so. You know, no TDs over the year as well. So I don't know what to do. I think it's, what do you think? That's pretty surprising, the no touchdowns. I mean, yeah, the Bengals offense haven't been amazing, but that means they're not giving him the ball at the goal line, which is a bad sign for a guy who's meant to be an RB1. You know, his receiving game hasn't been that much better either. Um, But, you know, he's only had two games so far where he's had six to eight carries, which isn't a great sign for an RB1. But um, in the rest of the games, he's had 11 to 19 carries, so he's not being very productive. 11 to 19 is a decent carry share, a good amount of touches. So that means his his yards per carry on average are just not looking great. You know, he's had a couple decent weeks. The 16-point game was okay there in week three. And then 11 points you would accept in week five. But um, I don't know. I think he's really needing to step up. What are some of the factors that might be contributing to that for him? What do you think, Mark? The thing is that O-line, that terrible, terrible Bengals O-line, you know, I think they've got uh, a seventh-round pick from the New York Giants, Bobby Hart, and if he's playing anything like either the Giants, then uh, Mixon isn't going far, that's for sure. But uh, I think he's got a lot of trade value. You know, I think if the Bengals are going to start winning, there's going to be a lot of pressure for them to run the ball, you know, and I can easily see them do what the Vikings did, where they just turned around and started throwing. So it could be worth a risk. What do you think? Yeah, well, if if the O-line is struggling, typically that means the offense is struggling, and that means they're not on the field enough. So he's not, he's getting a few of his chances, but when he does get them, he's getting stuffed at the line. It, it's a tough one. So at the moment, he's sitting at the RB number 32 so far in the year, which he could be a little bit of an underperformer. Um, I, I think he, there could be a chance that he could come back later on in the year. But at RB number 32, he's sitting around the likes of Peyton Barber, David Montgomery, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson. Yeah. Uh, all guys in a timeshare, right, who aren't clear RB1s. So um, I don't know. Let's make the call. Let's And let's make an argument. Would you trade for him or trade him away? What are your thoughts? Definitely trade him away. Um, I might pick him up if I can get him for you know someone like an Adrian Peterson. It might be good for someone. Or if you're struggling and they just want some sort of depth, you know, just trying to get him for something, I might pick him up in the hope that the Bengals can start running the ball. But otherwise, just cut, cut, cut. 
I think I might swing the other way, actually. Um, I think he's worth going after. He's a guy who's proven that he's talented. Um, and looking at the Bengals' schedule, I think he might be able to have a few good games up his sleeve coming up. And if you're desperate, I'm not quite desperate for a running back in my current league, but in, in another one, there's a chance that he might be a guy where there's a, an offer I could put on the table and his owner, seeing his poor performance so far in the year, might be willing to... Uh, give him away for cheap. So I don't know. I'm going to take the risk. I would go after him. Well, there you have it. One take, one cut. And uh, how about the next player on the agenda is James White, Mr. Consistent. Never has any boom weeks, but never has any busts. Uh, uh, I picked him up this year, and I think I got him in the fifth or sixth round for that reason. Just someone you can always trust. He's always going to get you that 10 points. And when it's a bye week, he's a perfect player to have on. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about him? Well, you know, the Pats' offense is pretty stacked, and their defense is keeping other offenses off the field. So, you know, if he's getting a few of those rushing opportunities, that's great, even though we know he's in uh, a timeshare. He's splitting touches between two other backs. But, um, you know, the thing that makes him so consistent, I think, especially in our half-point PPR league, means that he's going to get those receptions for you, and that means... You're looking at 10 points a week just because he gets that extra half point every time he touches the ball in the passing game. And no one ever stops him, do they? Even since he did it against Atlanta in the Super Bowl, and then ever since then, no one's been able to just... He just keeps getting the pump and dump, and he gets those yards, and you know he gets the catches every week, and he moves those chains. Yeah, so um, let's talk about maybe some of the other competition he's going up against, some things that might be in his way. Maybe there'll be some changes. So obviously he's got Sonny Michelle at running back and Rex Burkhead also coming in for a few touches at running back. And now there's another running back, Bolden, who's stepped in, another unheard of name. Um, Not even sure who this guy is. But um, it just seems like they have this endless flow of running backs at New England. And the same with the O-line. They just seem to be able to create those gaps for them too. Like, where do these people get, where do they get them from? But, yeah, they're doing well, so it's hard to tell if you can rely on them. Um, and, you know, that unpredictability and who gets a touchdown, you know, it's hard to know. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about his, uh, his RB29 on the year? Yeah, RB number 29, so a little better than what we were just mentioned with Joe Mixon. Uh, but that puts him close in value to guys like, Ronald Jones, Miles Sanders, Frank Gore, even Royce Freeman to round off the list. Uh, But, you know, last year he was in the top 10. He came away with a lot more points and a slightly different New England offense. I think if you can take him, it's a good option because he does give you that really high floor. Like we were saying, he's consistent. He gets you that at least 10 points a week. But I think he also has some big potential for some boom weeks too. If he can get some touchdowns, then that makes a big difference in his point total. Yeah, and usually when he gets touchdowns, when he booms, he usually gets the two or three as well. You know, so you know, definitely bring him on if they if they had a harder schedule, I'd definitely be saying bye because if they can get behind in any games, he's their man they turn to. Um, you know, Brady just loves him, so I would definitely say bye if they had a tough schedule, but somehow winning six Super Bowls in the last like 12 years has given the uh, Patriots a soft draw. So he might not be getting that many touches. Or what do you think? Do you buy him? or? You know, I think I'd buy him too, especially if you're looking for some consistency on your team or if you have a lack of depth at the RB position. I'd, I'd definitely be looking to pick him up. Um, but, you know, we mentioned a few of those other guys on the list where he's 
performing close to so far this season. Ronald Jones, Miles Sanders, Frank Gore, Royce Freeman, any of those guys, guys that you would be willing to trade off for James White or um, some of them maybe not so much? What do you think? Frank the Tank? What about him? I mean, as NFL fans, I think we've got to take our hats off. He's had 15 years in the game and I was reading somewhere that they don't think there'll be another running back we'll see that will run as long as he has and He's actually on target to get another 1,000 yards. You know, he got it last year as well. So, Mr. Consistency as well. I'd maybe look at, of that group, maybe Ronald Jones or Miles Sanders. Um, it's hard to tell with that Philly offense as well. Timeshare uh, with Howard and obviously Jones. I don't know about the Bucks. What do you think? Is anyone there you're taking? Yeah, you know, I like Miles Sanders. He's got a good story. He's a great athlete. But yeah, with Howard coming in, we saw a week or two ago, he came out with a big week, getting a few of those touchdown carries. But I don't know. I think the Eagles' offense is starting to click, or they will, especially with Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson coming back. I don't know. I think there's going to be some more opportunities for him too, so he would be worth taking a look at also. And is there any surprises? Is there anything that you think, uh, any theoretical trades you've got going on? Would you look at like a, a Chris Carson for two players? You know, he's starting to turn it on. So is there something you could package, you know, a James White and a someone? Or what are you doing? Yes, with James White, as we, as we mentioned, having that high ceiling, but not necessarily being a boom player, or high floor, pardon me, but not necessarily being a boom player. I think, yeah, it would be worth packaging him up with someone else. You know, you could even go with a one-to-one trade initially just to show your interest and then counter with a dual-player trade. I don't know if Carson is necessarily the guy to go after, but he's also had, you know, a pretty decent uptick in his performance in the last couple of weeks, very consistent at running back, leaving guys like Rashad Penny in the dust, not really worth even a stream so far with his performance. But I don't know. I think James White's one where I'm a little mixed on, but if you could find the right deal, then you should go for it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, I actually put him up for trade. I wrote in the group, I said, is anyone willing to trade? So uh, I was looking for a like-for-like, though. So I think it would have been hard because people would have undervalued him, like you said before, where he can be quite boom and he always gets the 10 points. To find a similar WR would be quite hard. You know, there's not many that can do that. But, um, yeah, I think, you know... you would definitely package him up and we'll see what's out there. But I think the point is to just start trading. You know, finals really isn't that far away and you've got to get those W's. So Yeah, I think that's a great point to finish on. The whole idea that now if you're a team that's sitting at 2-4 and four or 3-3, three and three, this is the halfway point. You've got to start making your moves. And you can't be afraid to get desperate or be aggressive with your trade proposals. So... Get out there, people. Make some moves now before it's too late. And just before we finish, do you have anyone you're putting up for trade or you're thinking about or you're pretty happy? Well, I think Melvin Gordon would be an interesting one to put up. Um, Obviously, I scooped him up fair and square after the waivers, um, which was a very interesting deal for me. But hey, at the time, it wasn't sure when he would be coming back, but now he is back. And what do you know? He's stepped up into a fairly strong leadership role at the RB position there in San Diego, or LA, actually. Um, so yeah, I'd be willing to put him up. You have anyone else besides James White you might be thinking of trading? Nah, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy. I've, uh, I'm trying to just sort through my team now. So, you know, I've had Sammy Watkins and I had high hopes on him, but he looks pretty uh, pretty bad. 
Uh, I just, you know, looking at Josh Gordon, he hasn't really performed as well. So I don't know if I have anyone of value um, and I've got to keep the players like Carlos Hyde or, you know, whatnot. So, but I'm always open. So please send the trades through. All right. Well, that closes off the trading block. Let's move on and talk about some of those players you could pick up off the wire. The Wire. All right. Time to finish us off. Not like they do in Thailand with uh, the waiver wire. Um, So this is where we dive into the list of players who may still be available in your league. Um, but we're in a mix of leagues, uh, but this particular segment, we focus on our league that is joint and shared, which is a 10-team half PPR league. So a few of these players may not be available for you if you're in a deeper league, maybe 12 or 14, but a few of them might be. So have a listen. Um, let us know what you think. Let's dive right in. So the first biggest moves that we think are important to look at um, and things that are, are sh- shaping up a few big performances at the QB position is looking at guys like Jameis Winston and Kyler Murray. So let's run through those two storylines really quickly. What's the story with Jameis? Yeah, so he's a bit of a bit more bust, but when he's hitting, he's hitting. You know, Chris Godwin's doing really well. Um, he got five TDs against the Rams, so you know he's going to get you those big. He can get you those big thirty points. So he's definitely worth someone looking at. And same as Kyler Murray, he's Russell Wilson two isn't he? Absolutely. Well, you know, Jameis is such a roller coaster. He might have been dropped in the last week. He's a guy who people have probably been streaming week in, week out. But um, hey, as we get closer to those big bye weeks, it's definitely worth considering, especially when you know that his ceiling is, is up there with the top quarterbacks. Especially Bruce Arians. Like he had, uh, when he was at Arizona, he had a similar QB, really hit or miss. It was a roller coaster over there, but big plays. So yeah, it could be worth something with a bye week if you're looking to stash a QB. You know, Kyle Mario or famous Jameis might be worth the uh, the risk. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. Um, but let's run through. I think at the moment, uh, the player list on the waivers is starting to get pretty thin. We're halfway in, and the guys who have shown that they can be consistent week in, week out are getting picked up. We know the tight end position is really thin, so we don't even have one to list for you this week. But um, let's run through quickly position by position and decide who you might consider picking up. So obviously at QB, we just mentioned Kyler Murray and Jameis Winston as guys you might look to, to bring on, especially if your QB's in a bye. But how about um, the wide receivers? What have we got here? Yeah, we've got a couple from the Bills. So we've got John Brown, uh, who was all the rage at the start. So, you know, really does those big plays, stretches the field. So he's definitely one who can get TD, worth a stream. And also from the Bills, Duke Williams. So a lot of hype from him in the preseason, got injured. But uh, before the bye week, he made his comeback and he got... Uh, 69 yards and a touchdown so you know there's a lot of hype on him McDermott loves him and you know what the Bills are five and one they're not doing too bad and their Allen doesn't look like a bad QB so what do you reckon hey the five and one the record tells it all uh, I can't say I'm not shocked but um hey if there's got to be some competition up there in the northeast with those Patriots and um if the Bills are the team to do it then good for them we also got our DK Metcalf so obviously Disley's injured so you know, Russ is just that next man up for him, and he'll just look for someone to get those TDs. And first-round pick, you're going to think Pete Carroll's going to want to get him involved in the offense. Yeah, I like TK. I drafted him in my other league. Um, he's a big, strong, athletic wide receiver. 
you know, surprised he hasn't been as involved so far in the season, but I guess they just haven't needed him. With guys like Will Disley stepping up and now stepping out, maybe it's the opportunity that Metcalf's been waiting for. Yeah, well, it could be worth a sash, especially with some of those bye weeks. And uh, what about uh, running back? What do you think and uh, anyone worth picking up? Well, the first one um, that we've mentioned here is Royce Freeman. You know, his ceiling isn't that high. We know he's in a pretty big timeshare on a fairly poor offense with Philip Lindsay. But um, he might be worth a stream. If you need an RB, especially in these big bye weeks coming up, uh, he should be available in most 12-team or even 10-team leagues. And you know what? Interestingly enough, I've been watching the Broncos for some weird reason, and they score early. They get up 13-0 against uh, this week. They got up 13-0 against Titans the week before. They were 21 up against Chargers. So, you know, they could be running the ball in the second half and getting those carries. So... Definitely one to look at, keep your eye on. And uh, another little sneaky one all the way in uh, Florida. I've got uh, Mark Walton, the running back there. So he's starting to get a bit of the pill. And it looks like he could be one that uh, might get you some points. What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. We never know what to say about the Dolphins. Uh, usually it hasn't been great news coming out of Miami. But uh, yeah, hey, there's got to be something positive occasionally. And if Kenyon Drake isn't doing much, then hey, pass it to the guy who's, who's going to get those touchdowns and like, like you said they're actually not the uh the lowest scoring uh points team in the league which is uh offense which is pretty weird considering it seems like they are just getting bumped every week week in week out uh, i've got one more to toss in at the end is uh, jamal williams who running back for the packers he was out with an injury recently so he's most likely available in your league but if he hasn't been swiped up already, then it might be worth going for. Um, he had a big game this last week. And, you know, the Packers' offense is running. They're looking pretty strong. Yeah, the Packers have changed their offense, haven't they? They're definitely trying that whole new, like Tom Brady, just use Aaron when you need him and just run the ball and, you know, keep it, keep the chain moving and just he converts on the third down and then run it again. So definitely uh, for once in the last five years, it looks like the Packers have some good running backs. Well, that is it for the waiver wire. As we mentioned, it's a bit thin, but you know, overall, this episode has been amazing. Thank you, Mark, for stepping up. Your insights have been extremely valuable. Any final words for the people out there before we close it down? Uh, nothing. Just can't wait for the boys to pass in who were the uh, citizen grinners from the Thailand trip. And uh, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a lot of fun. So can't wait for uh, any of those citizen grinners. <laughs> All right, well, you guys know the deal. If you have any questions, send them in. It's a pretty easy process, and we're here to help. So if you want to know anything about you know, how you might start or sit certain players each week or maybe a trade that you want to throw out there to people who might be listening, um, send it in. It's really easy to record and send us a voice memo via our website. Just go to anchor.fm slash ladsfantasy. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash ladsfantasy. Well, thanks so much, everyone. Thanks for joining. And as always, remember to be bold, be strong, and most importantly, be football. football.